1: Hello, and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today, we have a special guest, and that is Mary Steins. Good morning, you two. How are you?
2: Good morning, Eric. I'm fine, thank you.
3: Yeah,
1: we're doing great. Thank you very much. All right, so we have Mary in the studio. This is exciting. (laughs) Uh, And and I don't know Mary, so this is the first time that I get to meet her. Tim, why did you bring Mary on the show today?
3: Well, Eric, we've talked a lot about... Uh, the five you know primary concerns our clients have and one of them is wealth enhancement which really means um, minimizing taxes mm-hmm. you know resulting in increased cash flow and we're smart enough to know that we can't do everything we can't know everything so we spend a lot of time identifying and screening and you know uh, working with a professional network let me introduce you to Mary Steins of crow
2: well, Thank you Tim for the introduction and thank you for the opportunity to talk about cash balance plans. Cash balance plans are a wonderful tax strategy in the right situation. Um, Over my tenure here at Crow, which is 30 years this past July, I've had the opportunity to work with my clients on a cash balance plan implementation Mm -hmm. and see the benefits of it. As I focus in income tax planning and small business consulting for my client base, about which half of it is healthcare related and the other half a mixture of distribution companies service industries and manufacturing, I can see the cash balance plan implementation on each one of these different areas of entities.
3: So um, just in terms of um, the cash balance plans versus other retirement plans, maybe could you just start by giving a, a comparison of what they are compared to what a lot of people know of 401k profit sharing, things like that?
2: Absolutely. Well, 401k profit sharing is a defined contribution plan. A cash balance plan is a defined benefit plan. So if you can understand those two very basic differences, where a defined contribution plan focuses on what is contributed every year, and a defined benefit plan or a cash balance plan focuses on what you need or you plan to have at the time when you retire.
3: Okay, so I know my mom, uh, she taught in the Chicago public school system. She has a pension, uh, like more of a defined benefit pension plan. I think that's what a lot of people are more familiar with where you know, she, the, the school system, the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago, put in whatever was required. Um, hopefully they put in enough, but they put in what was required to pay her a benefit. Is it, is it like that?
2: Uh, somewhat somewhat like that for someone in your mom's situation, she's worked there for a long time and she's, uh, an elder, elderly employee. So her defined benefit plan under those traditional types of plans will focus on her last three or five years worth of work salary compensation. And then her benefit is based upon that. What we've seen happen in the traditional defined benefit plan area is states like Kentucky Kansas even I believe Illinois have changed their defined benefit plan the traditional plan into a cash balance plan uh, so that's a good thing for the younger workers because they will have more of a opportunity to have funds just contributed into their particular plan and it's portable they, they can take it with them um, so I, I don't spend a lot of time focusing on defined benefit plans being converted into a cash balance plan working with small businesses especially healthcare related companies what I see is a cash balance plan again a defined benefit plan added on top of a existing 401k profit sharing plan which is a defined contribution plan
3: okay so uh, you said the word portable that that kind of triggers um... I think that's a must be a great benefit, because I know with the defined benefit plans, traditional ones, they truly aren't portable. A lot of times you have to wait till you're 62, 65 to get them. So the, the laws are different for these kind of plans?
2: Well, a cash balance plan, if you can think of it, is it's an individual owner. The the employee itself owns that plan. So when they terminate, depending upon how the plan is written, they have the opportunity to take that with them.
3: Okay, that that's a big distinction. Um, so... A lot of times when I talk to clients about strategies, they'll ask me, um, is this a gray area? Is this black and white? Is it tried and tested and true? I mean, how long have cash balance plans been around?
2: Well, that's a very good question. Cash balance plans have been around since 1985. Hmm. So it's not anything that's new. And the IRS finalized those proposed regulations in 2014. Uh, So it certainly isn't anything new or any gray area. And again, for the right situation the right company it could be a life-changing event
3: so if they just finalized the rules in 2014 would you say that i mean is that why they're becoming more popular because i know that in talking to a lot of clients about this they've they've not heard of it before
2: well i i think what's making them popular now is the fact that we have a aging boom, baby boom generation. And as those baby boomers, myself included, are looking at how do I retire and what funds do I have? And is it going to be enough to support my lifestyle? You find that there's a shortfall. Um, a cash balance plan can allow someone in their 50s, 60s even to put in significant amounts of contributions into this defined benefit plan. And the thing that's really unique that many of my prospects have trouble understanding is that it's a company deduction it's not a deferral for that employee it's a company deduction that's limited to their amount of earned income so um, if you have a employee that's making two hundred thousand dollars as a flow-through owner of a company he could in theory put away two hundred thousand dollars of the company's deduction directly into his
3: plan Okay, so am I wrong then? It it sounds like the way you're describing it, that the mix of employee ages and compensation is gonna be important for determining whether or not um, their candidates are good prospects for a cash balance plan. Yes,
2: absolutely, because again, the older employees, the older owners are going to have more of a benefit of a cash balance plan compared to the younger employees. Um, So that can be a beautiful thing in the right situation, and we can talk in more detail on that if you get just kind of the basic understanding of how a cash balance plan is different from the traditional defined benefit plan.
3: Um, And to go back to something you said a minute ago, I think you said that the cash balance plan is something that you would add to or layer over or do in combination with a traditional 401k is that correct
2: yeah that is correct and that's usually what we see happening with our prospects
3: i guess get getting to you know why you would set one up um it sounds like you you've kind of addressed that where it's if you're looking if your owners maybe or your management team um are looking to put away more on a tax deductible basis as a way to maybe attract and retain and keep people? Is that, sound, is that what you find?
2: Uh, yes, absolutely. And would you rather pay yourself or pay the IRS? So if you have a company, and again, I focus in flow through taxation. Um, if you have a owner that's getting a Schedule K-1 that's being taxed at ordinary income tax rates um, and they implement a cash balance plan, we can make that number smaller, their tax liability smaller, the deduction is taken by the company, which generates that decrease in taxable income, but the money is put then into their specific cash balance plan. So, would you rather pay the IRS or pay yourself?
3: Yeah, and I know with a lot more people now uh, used to and more comfortable with 401k plans where they have their own balance. I Imagine um, knowing that you, you know cash balance plan that has an account for me versus a pooled account. In a traditional defined benefit plan would also be an advantage.
2: Oh, absolutely. And a great advantage for attracting and recruiting new employees, considering with the job market as tight as it is, it can provide an advantage over another potential employer for that employee that's looking.
3: So before we talk about maybe a couple of examples, um, what would you say would be the, you know, what, what's, what's the client agreeing to? You know, we always talk about uh, redefined detail. Are there any restrictions, uh, for vesting, for you have to make contributions for a certain period. What, what, what's the downside or the things that companies need to be aware of as they're looking at this?
2: Well, th- those are very good questions, Tim. So what a company needs to be concerned with is they have to be profitable if they implement a cash balance plan they really need to be in that plan for at least a three-year period so that is something that they're going to definitely have to commit and be comfortable that they're a profitable company Um, then the beauty of a cash balance plan is your ability to determine who's going to participate in that plan and that really is a great thing because it's very um, liberal and there's not a lot of discretionary um, Stipulations. So, for example, you need to have 40% of your non-highly compensated employees participating or the lesser of 50 employees.
3: Wow, that, that's big. I didn't realize that because uh, I know with your traditional profit sharing 401k, you know, what you do for one, you have to do for all. In terms of the contributions, but you're saying that the rules are different with the cash balance plan? Uh,
2: You still have your testing to abide to, but as far as the people that are participating in that cash balance plan, an employer or manager could say, everyone with blue eyes can participate. That's a great ability to pick and choose who you want to have in that plan.
3: I'm just grateful I have blue eyes. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I think we'd be in trouble with that criteria, but I get what you're saying. Uh Yeah. Um. So maybe just to help people understand a little better, can you give me an example of a company that you worked with, maybe recently? Don't mention any names or anything, but just generally how they were set up and why it made sense, and then the process you walked through with them uh, to 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 describe to them why it would make sense.
2: Certainly. Well, let's take an example here, and I'm going to try to talk this very slowly because without visual, it's difficult to. Uh, get your arms wrapped around this, but but consider a flow-through company that has two owners, and we're going to just be simple, Jim and Tammy.
3: Now, when you say flow-through, does that mean you're like an S-Corp or something yes, like that? Yes, okay.
2: absolutely. You're a partnership or you're an S-Corporation. Okay. Um, and, and the flow-through taxation means whatever profit is left in the company. In this situation, Jim and Tammy are going to get a Schedule K-1, and that'll be reported on their individual income tax return. So Jim is 61 and Tammy is 56 and they have salary of 270,000 for Jim and 65,000 for Tammy under the normal 401k, which we're all used to. Uh, they can put away $24,000 into, you know, their, their plan. Sure. Um, and most companies will also have a profit sharing plan. That is what we typically see. So they can then go ahead and put away another 45,000 roughly for those two owners. So okay. so they're putting away about $93,000. It's a small company and they have four employees. The Those four employees are significantly younger in age compared to Jim and Tammy. So the 5% of their pay, it's really a very small number that the company's putting into their plan. So what we usually see is that's it. And it stops it there and the company then, um, you know, meets the criteria of their highly tested compensation. Now, if we were to implement a cash balance plan, they would still have, Jim and Tammy would still have their 401k deferral, the 24,000 that we're used to, they still have their 45, but you can add on top of that, a cash balance contribution of another $100,000 for the couple. The employees, the rank and file, again, since they're younger, they only have in this case an analysis seven hundred dollars a piece goes mm-hmm. in there so Jim and Tammy step back and say I get another hundred thousand dollars I lower my tax bill my taxable income by hundred thousand dollars and it' only cost me seven hundred dollars for my each of my four employees so that is a pretty big additional savings into Jim and Tammy's cash balance plan I you know their individual retirement plan accounts and what's interesting is of the total percentage of their contributions into that plan, it's 95% goes to Jim and Tammy.
3: Wow. So in that case, you're looking at it and saying, or maybe you're talking to the client and you're saying currently, if you take that hundred thousand dollars as wages, you know, you might all walk home after tax, just using a guesstimate of tax rates of maybe six, you know, 60% of that. And if possibly and by adding the cash balance plan, we could get 80 or 90 percent of that to you, you know, tax deferred. It becomes a positive, uh, a positive outcome for them.
2: Well, absolutely. That that really can be a life changing event as far as when Jim and Tammy decide that they're able to retire. Okay. Um, you could also take it another level up and have Jim and Tammy take more of a salary, depending on the profit levels of the company. Again, I mentioned earlier. That their contribution is limited to their earned income. So make their salaries go higher and you get even more of a benefit for that. Now, over a 10-year period, right now, they're limited to $2.8 million into their plan. but that's the
3: total contribution? That's the
2: total limitation. That's plenty, right? (laughs) That's a lot of money to be put away. And and I say um, a life-changing event that that's a a deal breaker as far as can i retire at 60 mm-hmm. or can i retire at 65
3: sure and so it sounds to me like there's a lot of number crunching a lot of analysis up front to see whether this even fits.
2: Yes, it it is, and what we need to see if it fits is the census reports from the previous year for um, uh, the existing plan. And then we work with an actuary firm to provide the estimates on what a cash balance plan could do for the company and the owners.
3: And and you might have said this already, I apologize, but if I set up a plan for 2019, for example, and I make a contribution, When do those contributions have to be made by? And also, am I committing to a couple years of contributions at that level? What are the the contribution restrictions and commitments?
2: Well, again, Tim, that's another good question. So um, based upon their age and the actuary tables and the calculations, we can know as early as October of the year that they want to put their contributions in. Um, And then your... um, Employee rank and file. We can estimate that based upon their census reports as well. Now income tax rules for the filing of the corporate Or partnership tax return You can have a Payment or the final deposit put in up into the date of the extended tax return So you're looking at september 15th of the following year but what I find with most of my companies is if the company's taking the deduction they've got the cash they the employee wants the money into their accounts to take advantage of the stock market that is going like crazy right now.
3: Mhm. And will the vesting for the cash balance plan for the employee or for any participant match the vesting schedule for the 401k? I mean, is it a, typically?
2: Yeah, typically, yes.
3: Okay. Um, I guess uh, selfishly, just asking a question about a lot of uh, clients that I work with who are Uh, construction, general commercial, general contractors, construction management, management, a lot of different trades, oftentimes they have a core team that is non-union, you know, that works in the office, the estimators, the uh, superintendents, then they have at any given time, you know, a whole level of union employees. But is this something that you think or have you seen would make sense for some of these, uh, a company like that, where you maybe have team they're trying to attract and retain and keep, especially in this environment, this competitive uh, employee environment?
2: Well, I think in that case, you go back to the blue eyes concept.
3: (laughs) All right. So anyone with blue eyes gets it. There you go.
2: You have the ability to pick and choose who participates in the plan as long as you're meeting those minimum requirements of 40% of the non-highly compensated employees and 50 employees overall.
3: Okay. So you just have to explain to the others, <laughs> explain who's getting and who's not. Sometimes
2: right? it's the best kept secret. Yeah.
3: Thank you very, very much. Um, I know that as a wealth enhancement and um, strategy that our clients are looking at, this is a great technique and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. So thank you.
2: Well, thank you for having me, Tim.
1: Mary, that was amazing. I mean, I learned a ton and I I've, I actually had never really uh, heard of cash balance plans before. And This is like drinking from a fire hose. I'll be honest. (laughs) It
3: is. It's highly technical, but I thought it came out pretty well.
1: I think so, too. I think it was really well said. You asked great questions. And I think the audience is getting a great benefit. And thank you so much for giving them your phone number as well. Uh, Mary, when there are major changes to tax law and things, would you come back at some point and chat with us as well? Because you seem to be pretty doggone smart. (laughs) Tim, thank you so much for bringing her on the show.
3: Oh, my pleasure. It's been, I, I'm, I was glad to do it. And I'm so happy that she was able to accommodate my time schedule.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you all for listening to the Wall WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Stream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available and don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Tower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. Hightower advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or legal information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.